welcome in to the DFFL Podcast, your one-stop shop for all the happenings in the DFFL. Now, here's your hosts, James Wiley and Aaron Kelly. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the DFFL Podcast's inaugural episode. Your host, James Wiley here. Aaron Kelly is out and about scouring the country with his family, and uh, therefore he won't be with us for this first episode. However, I will get us through and introduce us to this new platform for our league. So to kick us off, I figured I would recap the 2017 season for us. As we all are aware, the Fondue Belly Button won their second Brian Bowl in two consecutive years, making them the second team in the DFFL to win two championships. I happen to find it a little suspicious that both GMs to win two Brian championships happen to be the spawn of the Brian themselves, wondering if we made a mistake naming the trophy after the Brian, considering five out of the seven championships there have been related to Brian in some fashion. So anyway, other news from the 2017 season. Uh, So You're the Ass Men finished 11-2 this year. That is the most wins that any team has accumulated during one year, and they did it on a plus 330.1 point differential, by far the largest in the league. Um, The next team record-wise was Fondue Belly Button at 9-4, Wiley's dead footballers were 8-5. and five. Then we had a three-way tie between Diddler on the Roof, Big Mike's Maulers, and going to the White House at 7-6. and six. Then the next two playoff teams were Carl Malone FC at 5-8 and eight and Wes's Sackers at 5-8. and eight. The two teams to not make the playoffs were Lookout for the Sandusky Sack at 4-9 and nine and the Stinky Bagels at 2-11. and 11. Man, uh, that Stinky Bagels team is appropriately named. They had a negative 266.8 point differential, and their only two wins came against the Sandusky Sack this year. So looking at those point differentials, um, the two teams to not make the playoffs were above 1,200 points for this year. Look out for the Sandusky Sack had 1,266.8, and the Stinky Bagels had 1,213.8, which there were only two teams that had less points for it, and that was the Carl Malone FC and the Wes's Sackers, who were both 5-8 and eight and squeaked into the playoffs themselves. Should be noted that there were three teams this year that made it in with negative point differentials. Wes's Sackers, the Carl Malone FC, and the Diddler on the Roof. Uh, Diddler on the Roof was, was very close. It was a negative 4.3 point differential. However, it's still a negative point differential, and that's kind of crazy for... The playoffs kind of coincides with the NFL, which actually had two teams with negative point differentials make the playoffs this year. It was a weird year in the NFL. However, uh, we can only work with what we've got. And so that's where we're standing. Um, It was a little uncharacteristic this year in that the top six teams with points four also finished as the top six teams. That's that's a little bit weird. Normally that doesn't happen. You usually have some team who is, you know, the second highest scoring team in the league, but they're also getting the second most points against. The only team that faced anything like that 
uh, was the Wiley's Deadfoot Ballers. They had 1499.7, good enough for second points for in the league. And they had the uh, third most points against at 1373. Uh, but that, they still ended up with a plus 126.7 point differential. So it didn't seem to hurt them in the long run. Um, you know, once playoffs came around, it's a whole different ballgame. Uh, other teams of note, you know, Wes's Sackers had a negative 173.3 point differential, and they were the last team into the playoffs. And uh, look out for the Sandusky Sack had a negative 127.2. Just an unfortunate season for the lookout for the Sandusky Sack. Second in a row. We'll see if they can bounce back this year. Hopefully they can. Uh, normally a very intense competitor. We've all heard the coach's weekly press conferences and and you know how pissed off he gets at his team for not uh, living up to their expectations. Other statistics of note from the 2017 season. Very, very impressive. In the last two seasons, the winner has been the fondue belly button and they have done it in a very lucky fashion and I don't mean to say lucky because you know I'm I'm jealous or anything like that but it is impressive but there is a certain amount of luck to this game of fantasy football and they have won two championships on the back of 25 total transactions 10 in 2017 15 in 2016 Um, on the opposite end of the spectrum you have one of the other more successful teams the Wiley's dead footballers And they have made 134 transactions in the past two seasons. So it's hard to say that no transactions is better or more transactions is better because, you know, you have success on both ends of the spectrum. Yes, you have more success with the team who has made less transactions because they've won the league twice. However, uh, it it is important to note that, you know, there is that element of luck involved in this game. By the way, that transactions does not include... Trades, if we look at trades, there were three made by the dead footballers last year, three made by the White House, two made by the Sandusky Sack, two made by the Assmen, two made by the Sackers, one made by Big Mike Smallers, and one made by the Diddler on the Roof. So last year was had a relatively active trade market, making the league a lot more fun. So it was uh, it was great to see that. Okay, enough of those statistics for you. Just a couple other notes from last season. Uh, the White House started out 6-0. and And in that seventh week, they lost their first matchup to the Wiley's Dead Footballers. Despite having a 40.4 point week from Zeke, that just means the rest of the team shit the bed for the White House. Speaking of the White House, there was a new rivalry established last year between Matt Kahlo and Mike Cramner who is also known as the potster in the league. Um, it'll be interesting to see where this rivalry goes uh, heading forward. Uh, currently, Kalo and Cranmer faced off once since this rivalry really started, and Cranmer actually beat Kalo, although it should be noted that they didn't actually face off until Kalo had lost David Johnson to injury, Zeke to suspension, Aaron Rodgers to injury, and he traded away DeAndre Hopkins, his fourth pick, uh, in the draft. So, I mean, Kalo lost his top four picks, and if I'm being honest, he did a miraculous job of salvaging his season and actually making it to the Bryan Bowl where he lost to Fondue Bellybutton. Other rivalries or potential rivalries to be keeping track of, um, Kyle's 
Stinky Bagels ended up beating Aaron's lookout for the Sandusky sack twice during the regular season. And then being that they both did not make the playoffs, they played against each other in three non-important games, which who knows who was paying attention or not. But either way, uh, Kyle beat Aaron two out of three of those games in the first two weeks of the matchup, not the third week in which Aaron won. So that is a potential rivalry that could be started up. We should keep an eye on it. And then, of course, the longest standing rivalry between Diddler on the Roof and Wiley's Dead Footballers. The Diddler on the Roof actually got a regular season win this year, the only matchup they had this year, bringing the total to Wiley's Dead Footballers six wins in the regular season to Diddler on the Roof's three. However, if you flip that and look at the playoffs, the score actually reverses itself, where Diddler on the Roof has won three times in the playoffs, and Wiley's Dead Footballers have only won one in the playoffs against the Diddler on the Roof. Beyond that uh, one matchup they had, there was the most questionable trade of the season between these two teams, which is surprising based on their um, longstanding rivalry, where Diddler on the Roof sent Antonio Brown to Wiley's Dead Footballers for Michael Thomas and Tevin Coleman. You can look at the numbers, you can look at the names, you can do whatever you want, decide, but it's I'm not going to convince you either way of whether that trade was appropriate or not, because you pretty much believe what you believe, and there's no change in anybody's mind. So with that, let's move on to the 2018 season. As you may or may not know, we now have a league website, and it is www.doverffl.weebly.com. That's www.doverffl.weebly.com. On this website, you'll be able to find episodes of our podcast. You'll be able to check out the league standings. You'll be able to check out the Constitution. You'll be able to check out the Wiley's Weekly Word, and so on and so forth. It's pretty much the hub for whatever's going on in our league that isn't found on ESPN. Um, Speaking of the Constitution, the Constitution has been drafted up. Now there are rules that we can point to and say, these are the rules and this is why you're breaking them or you're not breaking them. We will all ratify the Constitution at the actual draft. If for some reason you are not at the live draft, at Joey, then um, we will figure out another way for you to ratify the Constitution. Um, Just to update you on those rule changes that are approved, Fees were up to $30, five of which goes to a leak pot, which I will use to pay for the draft software, pay for some food at the live draft, and pay for nameplates for the trophies. Yes, that's right, trophies. We have the Brian, which has been in existence for several years, but we are adding a new trophy this year, the Onion for the loser. The Onion Bowl will take place between the two teams who did not make the playoffs. It will be a best of three series for those last three weeks of just sort of extending that fantasy football season just so you're not out of it once that season actually ends um, and the playoffs are going on where the rest of us who matter are still playing. Best way to pay me if you are not going to be at the live draft. If you're at the live draft, you can obviously give me cash, check, whatever you need to. But if you're not, 
you can Venmo me at jwiley3493. You can PayPal me, jwiley3493 at gmail.com. Um, or you can ask me for my address privately via text. I'm not going to share that out on the podcast for everyone to listen to. So that is the updates as far as, you know, housekeeping things. The biggest update is definitely the FAB continuous model for waiver claims. I'm going to get into a little bit of an explanation here of FAB, uh, just in case you are unaware of how it works. I did put that video out explaining FAB continuous versus FAB daily. We landed on FAB continuous. That's an everyday FAB system. So first off, what is FAB? FAB is Free Agent Acquisition Budget, F-A-A-B. Um, everyone will be given 100 pretend dollars at the beginning of the season that you can use to acquire free agents. Free agents is a loose term, being that everyone will be on waivers. Um, they're never actually going to be free agents during this season where you can just go add somebody right away. That is to the benefit of people like Aaron, for example, who can't use the internet at work and therefore is at a disadvantage for acquiring players should somebody get injured in the middle of the day. So the way that FAB works is every day players are put into a waiver pool and if you want a player, you have to make a blind bid on them. You'll bid a certain amount of your money, your $100, to acquire that player. The next morning at 11 a.m., those will go through. Now, you might be saying, wait, that's not fair. 11 a.m., I'm in the middle of my workday. I can't add players at that point. Those players that you put a bid on, if you won those players, they'll go to your team. Any players that nobody bid on will be put back into a waiver pool so they can't be picked up until the next day at 11 a.m. because people will be making more waiver claims on them. So at no point will anyone be at a disadvantage of acquiring players. There is a strategy to this, though, that it's going to take everyone, including myself, some time to learn. For example, if you have a player that you know is questionable on Saturday evening, you better put in a claim for somebody that next day because if you wake up and that player is out even though reports were saying they were probably going to play you can't go pick another player up because of this fab system so your bid has to be in and your bid will go through the next day at 11 a.m so on saturday night somebody's hurt you're not sure if they're going to play you better have a backup ready to go because at sunday at 11 o'clock the next day the bids will go through and whoever you tried to claim as a backup will come in and if you won them then you will have them to put into your lineup should that other player be injured and not be playing in the game um, so there is a little bit more strategy involved with this that goes for thursday night games too and uh, monday night games as well so you can make uh, bids on these players uh, every day of the week however the, there's only going to be one day a week where no award, no players will be awarded to a team, and that is Tuesday. Tuesday is a standard day of let's assess what happened during the week. Let's see if I need more players, if I want more players, if um, let's see how the games went, so on and so forth. So Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday – all waiver claims will go through on a daily basis at 11 a.m. Tuesday, no players will be awarded because it is a day 
for everyone to assess the previous week and decide what they want to do going forward. To clarify, it is my understanding that you have until 1059 the day of to make your uh, bids. You can have those decisions ready to go and you can and put your bid in and at 11 a.m. the bids will go through. We'll find out who wins. Now, when you win a bid, the player that you pick to drop will be dropped right away and you'll pick up that new player. So you do have to pick a player to drop whenever you make your bid, unless your roster is uh, below the maximum. Now, you might ask, uh, well, what happens if um, Aaron bids $34 and I bid $34 and we are both the highest bidders? The player will be awarded to the lower seeded team. So it's going to be the reverse order of the standings, which means if you are both five and five, the person who has the lower points four will be awarded that player. That may seem like it's unfair. You're both five and five. Why do they get them? But, you know, there's going to be problems with every waiver system we have. We're just trying this out because previous waiver systems had their own complaints. And so we're going to see this one. If this one doesn't work, we'll figure something else out. Unfortunately, there's no way to make every single person happy. So we do what we can and we, we try to find the, the best case scenario for the most people possible. Another question people might have is, well, what if I spend my $100? Am I not allowed to get any more players? That is not true. It'll be less likely that you'll get players, but uh, you can actually make $0 bids. So if you want somebody, but you're not like dying to get them, that you want to spend any kind of money on them, like a defense or a kicker, for instance, then you can make a $0 bid and get that defense or that kicker. However, if somebody makes any kind of bid on them, they will be awarded the player. So it's it's up to you. You have to weigh the pros and cons of spending your money. It is a new element to this league, making it more interesting, at least in, in my opinion. So, uh, so that's fab. If you do have any questions, if you are confused, please feel free to text me. Wes, you don't have to worry. I will not put you through the ringer and make you do the whole automated press one if you'd like to do this like Aaron does in that baseball league of yours. And that's it. That's all I got for you this week. Uh, this is sort of just an intro episode so that I could uh, figure out the software, see if this is something that you know people are going to actually listen to. It's worth my time. So thank you for listening. Uh, let me know if this is something you'd like every week and maybe, maybe replace Wiley's Weekly Word. I can do both. Whatever you guys want, let me know. If you ever want to be a guest, let me know, and we can get you on the podcast to talk about your matchup to talk about what's going on with your team any complaints you have and we will have a, we'll have fun with it start doing your research get ready for that draft we have a target date of august 26th right now it's a sunday probably between noon and 6 p.m and best of luck in your research time thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the dffl podcast for more information on the DFFL, head on over to DoverFFL.Weebly.com.